0: Sunday morning, Uh, we're going to be preaching about Acts chapter 16. So first of all, I want to congratulate everyone in the church for smashing our special contribution. Our goal was 5,000, so um, if you're visiting uh, for the very first time, or you're probably hearing this for the first time, every year we have what we call a special contribution, We, we, we sort of extend our hearts you know, make our hearts bigger, you know stretch it, sacrifice so that we can we can give to God so that the, so that God can use that to advance his ministry right um, so we 're looking forward to planting a lot of churches uh, and and that mission uh Money will, uh, will help in planting those churches. Um, our goal this year was 5000 but we were able to raise $11,000. Wow. So awesome. <laughs> to God's glory. That is awesome. <clears throat> so um, thank you for your sacrifice. Uh, special mention birthdays. Uh, this past week we had uh, Dave celebrating birthday, Briar uh, celebrating her birthday. Alex, Alex Atkins. I don't know if she's here, but uh, where is she? Yeah, there she is, Alex. Uh, Alberto, Alberto. Yeah, she's. Yeah, yeah. He still celebrates his birthday. Yes. Um, and uh, Trevor, Trevor's uh, Trevor's not here. But, but um, is Trevor here? No, he's not here. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, hey, hey yeah, yeah. Happy birthday to to, uh, to these people. Uh, do we have people from uh, churches outside of Auckland? Uh, welcome. <laughs> okay. Um, it, daylight savings time started today, yes. right? Um, so I, I just want to give you some fun facts. Um, it, in Benjamin Franklin first conceived the idea, actually half jokingly, uh, in 1784. Apparently to save light, but you know during those times there's there's still no uh, electric light, so it to save. Pretty much energy or save candle, but I, I must I must say that was a a really light bulb idea. <laughs> In 1895, uh, an ent- entomologist posty proposed the idea to the scientific community because he needed to collect bugs at the end of his shift as a postie because he wanted to spend more time collecting bugs. Um, so uh, he sort of proposed that, can we just move the time, you know, hence, you know, daylight saving time. And you know the nationality of that postie? He's a Kiwi. Yeah, he's a Kiwi. Um, but... The scientific community rejected it. Okay uh, <laughs> the term summertime re- really refers to our time during summer which is daylight savings time so when you have when you probably have uh G- gpss um if if it's not uh there's a, a tick box where so you can sort of adjust the time uh, some gps uh, has um daylight saving time but others it's summertime so we're fired up because this today is officially summertime. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. So um, enough of the fun facts. Let's go to our lesson. Our topic is Acts chapter sixteen, verse sixteen to forty, um, and there are two subheadings: Paul and Silas in prison, and the Philippian jailer, and we'll talk about them today. Um, so. Just probably give some sort of introduction here. So, another way of dividing... uh, So, there are different ways of dividing the Bible, right? You know, obviously, there's the Old Testament and there's the New Testament. But another way of dividing the historical books in the Bible, uh, I believe, is this way. The historical books of the Bible narrates, one, the work of God the Father, In the Old Testament, historical books, not the minor and major prophets, but the historical books of the Old Testament relates to the works of God the Father. The works of God the Son uh, is in the Gospels, and the works of God the Spirit is in the book of Acts you hey guys, still with me? I'm just uh, again. I'm just talking about the historical books, not the letters, the Psalms, or the major or minor prophets. Um, by knowing what God did in the Old Testament, you will understand the fatherhood of God, um, where you find how He snatches away His people from the clutches of Egypt, establishes rules or established rules and laws for His children um, uh, to follow, then disciplines them when they. Fail to follow, so it 's sort of like our fathers, right you know our fathers they, they establishes rules to follow in the house, and if, if we don 't follow, we get disciplined sometimes it 's our mothers, but uh, most of the time it's our mothers (laughs) Uh, by (laughs) preach it (laughs) Um, by knowing God as a son through Jesus you will understand the grace of God and his willingness to relate to us Um, he decided to become like Us so that by doing so he was able to communicate his awesome love for us in a language We all can understand which is Sacrificing his own self in order for us to have the right to be with God with Jesus God showed that he was not As unreachable as we as we thought he was and in Jesus he showed the and proved that we are really created in his image so we saw God the Father in the Old Testament. And in Jesus, we saw God the Son. And in the book of Acts, by knowing God as a Spirit, God shows us that He is willing to live in us. Isn't that crazy? This body of us, this, this body, this one. God is willing to live here. That, if that doesn't shake you, I don't know what. I mean. Come on. Look at your own body. God wants to live there. That is incredible. You know, in, in considering that, how do you think it will change the way we treat our physical bodies? You know, we should treat it, you know, with, with I, I believe you with humility. You know, in the book of Acts, we see how God's Spirit, obviously in the book of Acts, it also talks about how God's Spirit lives in the church, in Christ's body. Amen? And how uh, uh, the Spirit um, is leading, was, uh, uh, led the church in the first century. In the book of Acts, we see how God's Spirit was, uh, was working in his church. I believe he is still working now in our church as much as he was working in the first century church. If, as individuals, we just decide to love and follow God, we can be rest assured God will continually work in the church. Let me say that again. If, as individuals, we just decide to love and follow God, we can be rest assured God will continually work in the church. Are you guys with me? We've got to have a deeper understanding and deeper belief about that. Is that really your conviction? Is that really your belief? Or have you drifted a bit? Our prayer is that we get reminded always of this belief that God's Spirit is still amongst us. If not, why do we need to be here? If not, why attend church? Why do we need to read the Bible? Why preach? Why pray? Why worship? If we are half-hearted about that fact that God's Spirit is still with us. Are you guys with me? So let's go to Acts chapter 16, verse 16 to 24. Um, I want to read that uh, with, you know, using my Bible. Okay. Um, Acts 16. Um, hold on, I'm, I'm flipping the pages here. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Okay, so let's read that. Once, when we were um, once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her. Owners by fortune telling she followed paul and the rest of us shouting these men are servants of the most high god Who are telling you the way to be saved she kept this up for many days Finally paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit in the name of jesus christ I command you to come out of her and at that moment the spirit left her when her owners Realized that their hope for making money was gone They seized paul and silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authority They brought them before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews and we are throwing our city city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful uh, for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods after they had been severely flogged. They were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in in the stocks. So the first point is this, uh, because it's already there. Um, It may look like truth. It may sound like truth. It may even smell like truth, but it may not be the truth. Okay, why is that the point? The slave girl was actually... Telling the truth about Paul and Silas wasn't she? You know, um, but really, uh, the the, 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 the uh, her power was that um, he was he had the spirit of divination, or he had the spirit of Apollos. Um, in in Apollo's the Roman God uh, beat this snake the python snake who was supposed to uh, know the future right um, and and everybody believed here <clears throat> that that slave girl had that spirit that because she can tell the future you know um, interestingly you know I, I think about fortune-telling right now and I go man how come fortune tellers are not Rich as much as I expect them to be, because you know they can surely know the next lot of number. <laughs> you know, but you know how come they're not that rich? You know, so um, and it's amazing how sometimes we we, we sort of compromise this, and I, you know, you know, in our convictions as Christians as well, because you know we. Some some Christians actually even look at horoscopes, right? You know, it's like um, oh, that's probably true. You know, I mean, there's no harm um, uh, looking at it. And I go, it, it's amazing. You know, when you read horoscopes, they're they're actually true. You know, because they say things like, you know, you will get there if you start moving now, <laughs> or you will be happy. If you stop being sad, you know, those are, those are what the horoscopes do, you know. You'll be successful if you work hard. You know, it's, it's amazing. Um, anyways, it's not that I read horoscopes. You know? um, but when you think about it, the slave girl was actually um, helping them, right? Because they were, they were like uh, t- 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 telling everybody, hey, these people, they came from God, and they have a message. I mean, if that was probably me, I would go, "Wow, you know, thanks, man. You know, <laughs> appreciate, appreciate that. You know, that's helping me preach the word." But, 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 Paul rebuked the, def, the devil out of the slave girl. Why was that? It was because it may sound like the truth, but, or it may smell like the truth, but it may not be the truth, because it came from a different spirit. You know, um and, and another thing that I've realized there is because she was just creating noise. You know? Um you know you know how sometimes a message is preached, and because there's so many analogies, blah, 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 it becomes noise. You know, well, analogies are okay for us to understand the central message, right? But but sometimes analogies can, can go off tangent, and, you know, and, and and it can become noise. I mean, I have nothing against analogies. In fact, I'm doing that right now. <laughs> um, um, but But why is it... Uh, dangers to have noise in the message. You see, you see, noise prevents you from hearing the crispiness of the message. You know, I do I do a bit of a, a hobby, photography, and one of the things that I do before publishing uh, the things that I I I I. I shot, um, uh, is to zoom in uh, in one particular area of the photo and check whether it's grainy. You you guys have seen those, you know, if you zoom in and you go, it's grainy and and just looking at it, you will, uh, from afar and you look at the photo, you look at it and you go, wow, this is a nice photo, nice composition. But when you zoom in, you will know what I mean. You know, it looks good if you look at it as it is, but you know, but then when you zoom in you go you see these grains and you go oh, I don't like that so I post process it and remove the noise right um, because w- with those grains it looks fake you know without the noise it looks authentic same thing with the message with the noise it can become fake without it it can be authentic When you hear a message, do you scrutinize it or do you you zoom in and check? Do you just take it as it is and accept it as truth? Have you ever asked yourself in the message uh, if the message you are hearing is authentic or not? You know, if you're visiting with us right now, I, I, I want to challenge you to even challenge the message right now. Challenge what is being preached. Because that—that that is your... I mean, don't argue with me. Argue with God, you know. I don't want to argue. I mean, argument will only... Uh, argument, to be honest, argument will not save souls. You know, uh, you will save your soul if you argue it with God. Noise, again will prevent you from hearing the crispiness of message. Another thing is noise distracts you from the real message. The slave girl was preaching about Paul and Silas. Not the real message. What's wrong with letting everyone know who Paul and Silas were? She was even telling them the truth about them anyways. Sometimes you hear a message when you're, and then you are like in awe of the messenger. And in fact, you'd rather listen to a good speaker than a bad one, right? But really... The messenger is just secondary to the actual message itself. There are good speakers and there are bad speakers. But the more important thing is whether the message message is really the truth. I'd rather listen to a bad speaker telling me the truth rather than an eloquent one with the wrong message. We're not here to be entertained but to know God. Are you guys with me? You know, now you ask, John, how do we know the truth? You know, first, you have, uh, you, you have to, um, you've got to want it, you know. Um, how? You have to get to the point when you accept the fact that you don't have it yet, you know. Um, and then probably, are, you know, you're saying, well, it's John, John, it's okay. I think I already have it. Well, if you already have it, uh, there's a scripture uh, about it in Matthew 25 that talks about, you know, if you really have it. It's, it's a parable of the talents. If you have it, then invest it, use it, share it, you know. But if you're not sharing it, God will take it away. Remember, Matthew 25, parable of the talents. Um, If you're reinvesting yourself to others and you are multiplying, then you you already have it. You know, once you have accepted that, uh, uh, that you don't have it. The next thing to do is seek it. Matthew 6 verse 7 says, Ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Don't allow excuses to prevent you, prevent you from seeking it. You know, what are your excuses at this point? You've, you've seen it already. You know, you've been here. You've been, you've been coming to church. And, and you, you, you know Jesus died in the cross, right? You know you know God is is true. I mean, the fact that you're here, you have some sort of idea that God is true, right? Yeah. You know, and, and you know that, and you go, well, you know, I can't really trust the Bible because, it, because, because it's just written by people. Well, guess what? All the books in the world are written by people. How, how come you believe them? Come on, John the Bible is written by many people and for some strange reason, they're all united into one central message isn't that proof enough that the Bible is true Okay, you want to scrutinize it some more go ahead, but it'll take you years, but hey, you know you're probably humble enough right now and go, Okay, I don't have it yet, I want to seek it where do I start I don't know where to start You can start by asking those who invited you, hey, I'd like to really spend some time studying the Bible. Can you teach me where to start? Uh, and you go, well, the Bible is so thick It'll take years for me to understand it Well, there are different ways of studying the Bible But the best way to do it Is to, to do what we call Topical Bible study Where you will study a topic important to your relationship With God And look at those scriptures For example, in a, uh, when it comes to your relationship with God You might ask, what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? Or how does one have a relationship with God? Or how do I know where I stand before God? These are topics that you can get scriptures from the Bible You don't have to read the whole Bible Don't be intimidated with That many uh, pages that you have to read You can just ask people here How can I see these scriptures How can I understand them Use the topical way of doing it Okay, if you want to do it on your own Go ahead Go ahead there are there is what we call concordance. You can buy a Bible at the you know at the end of it. There are some Bibles that provide some sort of concordance. You 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 look at the the word maybe discipleship, and then you look at the scriptures about discipleship and what does the Bible say about being a disciple? You can do that, or you can make it easier. Ask the person who invited you here. That is easier. We've compiled these studies to help people get to know what the Bible says about certain things. Are you guys with me? Once you look at the scripture, your question now probably is, Okay, I have studied these. How do I really know if they are the truth? There's a scripture that talks about that again John chapter 8 verse 31 to 32 which says to the Jews who had believed him they believed in in Jesus already if you hold to my teaching you are really my disciples then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free the truth is not what people preach it's not what you read or what you know when you follow what Jesus said you will be the truth. It will be self-evident to you and the people around you uh, may criticize you for what you believe or for for what you do on Sunday mornings or whatever. But the fact is, no one can ever take away that truth from you and no one can talk you out of it. No one can convince you otherwise Because you know the truth already Are you guys with me church? You know even Christians need to have deep convictions about this You know that whenever we look into the Bible As long as we're we're following it And we know what the scripture says If you hold to my teaching you will know the truth And the truth will set you free Aren't you free of sin already? Because of following the Bible If you are then you are following the truth It's all about following it. I'm not saying Christians are supposed to be perfect. I am not perfect, believe it or not. (laughs) You know, we all fall into sin. Last week, I gathered the men. You know, we had a, you know, Dave talked about, you know, what's the will of God to be pure? You know, the, 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 uh, the, the men got together and played bowling. No, not that. <laughs> but to talk about our purity and say, "Hey, how is our purity going?" You know, we opened up our sins and our our our, our, um, our temptations. You know, um, that, it doesn't mean that you're going to be perfect, but it will only mean that that God, that you're following the truth. Are you guys still with me? Amen? As I close out this point, remember that it may look like the truth, it may sound like the truth, and it may even smell like the truth, but it may not be the truth. Even what I'm saying today can be scrutinized. But I don't want you to argue with me. Go study the Bible and argue with God about it. Amen? Point number two. My wand is not working. There you go. Okay. Point number two. Let's go to Acts chapter 16, verse 25 to 40. Um about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the, uh, the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundation of the uh, prison was shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone, everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. Uh, okay. But Paul shouted, Don't harm yourself yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell, trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in the house. At that hour of the night the jailer took them and washed their wounds, then immediately he and all his household were baptized. The Jailer brought them in his house and set a meal Before them he was filled with joy Because he had come to believe in God And he and his whole household when it Was daylight the magistrates sent uh, Their officers to the jailer With the order release those men the jailer Told Paul the magistrates have ordered that You and Silas be released now you can Leave go in peace but both But Paul said to the officers They beat us publicly without a trial, even though we are Roman citizens, and threw us into prison. And now, do you want to get rid of us quietly? No. Let them come themselves and escort us. (laughs) The officers reported this to the magistrates, and when they heard that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens, they were alarmed. They came to appease them and escorted them from the prison, requesting them to leave the city. After Paul and Silas came out of prison, they went to Lydia's house, where they met with the brothers and sisters and encouraged them uh, then they left, okay? A well-balanced life. Here we see Paul silence in the most inner part of the prison with feet fastened. Something like uh, the, the place where they put the worst criminals, you know? There's, there's the regular jail and there's like inner cell, you know, where they put the, the worst of criminals. Uh, what if that happened to any one of us, you know? I, I'd, I'd imagine um, that uh, we'll probably be, be bitter So we'll go, God... You prevent us, prevented us from going here. You want us to go straight. You did that a few times. And then you gave me a vision that I need to go to Macedonia. So now we're in Philippi. Awesome. Lydia got baptized and her family. Awesome. And we keep on preaching because that is your will. And now we're in prison. Hmm. Wouldn't that somehow make you feel Bitter, God I followed you but look where I'm at God I've been a Christian for a long time I I gave up everything I sacrifice look I'm broke God I, I, I love people that's what you told me but they they They're causing me pain. That's hard. You know But Paul and Silas did not think that way. They accepted that part of being a Christian is of getting jailed for preaching uh, about Jesus. As Christians, you are are you still not convinced that dying to yourself is still part of it? Are you still not convinced that carrying your cross is also an ingredient? How about getting hurt? Even Christians around you, most likely, uh, most likely who meant well, uh, will will get, you know, will will hurt you. How about persecution? Are you still battling in your hearts that it is actually part of the package? How about being ridiculed? How How about being laughed at? Being considered weird? Yep. They should all be embraced. That's part of being a Christian. And when these things happen, as if you are not warned... Would we be better? Would we be bitter, or sing worship songs like nothing is happening out of the ordinary? You know, uh, a well-balanced Christian life. You know, I, I, you know, I preach that introduction, and then um, right now I'm like, where am I going here? Um, basically, a well-balanced uh, Christian life looks like this. Okay, so first is that's you, right? Um, and And you need actually three basic relationships in your Christian life to grow right uh, you can see this in John chapter fifteen where Jesus prayed when Jesus prayed, what did he pray about his relationship with God, his relationship with the disciples or the church, and his relationship with the lost so that 's you right and this is a well balanced Christian life there you go God you have equal re- relationship with uh, your, your relationship with God lost in church and that's you in the middle you look like alien but it's all good <laughs> um, but you, you see sometimes you go oh sorry sometimes you lean towards I'm just concerned about my relationship with God period I think you're going to be a monk if you're like that Sometimes you're just concerned about, uh, I'm just going to be focused on the lost. But what are you going to preach about? Sometimes I'm just going to be focused on the church. Yeah, you're a great great servant, but how will that really be balanced? You know, why did I say that? Because here, you can see the three things happening here. First, There you go. First, Paul and Silas were in prison. You know, they were supposed to be bitter, discouraged, but no, they were there singing. And I could just imagine here, you know, Paul and Silas, they were like in chains and let's go. Hey, Paul, how are you doing? You know, and, and then Silas would throw, hello, and then the echo. Ooh. Good acoustics, Paul. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? <laughs> you know why we sing in the bathroom because of good acoustics. And then we start when they started singing in the prison cell. So I go, oh, good acoustics, awesome time to worship God. And they started singing. You know, um, look. Some of us are at church, and yet you still refuse to sing. (laughs) Paul and Silas are in prison, and they they were singing. And you're saying, well, I don't want the person beside me to think I am weird. (laughs) Don't worry. At church, we all sing, and if you're not singing, you look weird. (laughs) I don't know how that prompted them, but again, I think it's the acoustic, but they grabbed the opportunity to worship God. You know, it's amazing to me. I go, why didn't they preach? There are lots of lost there. Well, I think they understood that they have to put God first and they worship God, right? And another thing is because on the second one, that's when they started to preach, you know, What happened? Because the, the because the, of the earthquake and the doors flew open, right? Mm-hmm. God actually opened doors. Mm-hmm. Did you see what I did? There? Yeah. God opened the doors for him to preach. You know, and, and it's amazing because the, the Philippian jailer goes, "What must I do to be saved?" But it's interesting. He was actually think, he wasn't thinking of spiritual salvation. Do you think he was thinking about that? I don't think so. Because that time, when your your prisoners actually are loose, you're going to be killed, right? Yeah. Because that's, you have one job. Yeah. You have one job. And then you let them loose. <laughs> Pretty much so. So he went to Paul and go, what must I do to be saved? Believe in Jesus. Uh, okay. <laughs> Paul grabbed the opportunity to preach because God opened the door, and he preached about Jesus. But Paul didn't actually say, "Hey, you know what? I'm, we're going to go together. You're not going to be killed, and then I'll preach the word to you, and you're going to also be." You know, Paul didn't even consider the physical salvation. You know what I, I found out about, or what I realize here, is sometimes we actually put our physical concerns first rather than spiritual. Yeah. And in doing that, we sort of put ourselves in a spiritually compromising position. Okay, that's just beside the point. But the thing is, Paul grabbed the opportunity to preach the word. Relationship with the lost. You know, and then he came back to, uh, to Lydia, right? And now, this is, this is something weird for me, right? They were flogged. They were in prison. Oh, awesome, they converted a family. You know, that's awesome. And they came to Lydia. And you know what the scripture says? They encouraged Lydia. I'm like, wait, wait, shouldn't Lydia encourage it? I'm sure he, I, he pro- she probably did, right? But I... I <laughs> amazing how encouraging these guys are. And I think it's because he was also thinking about the needs of others over and above him him, his needs, right? And you know how we have all these scriptures, one another scriptures, you know, and and all these one another things, and I think let's add something to that. Let's out-encourage one another. You know? And I think we should come in here ready to encourage. You know? I mean, I... I think of a few people that that are always encouraging. I always think of Tita. You know, Tita's like, geez, this sister, she, I, I don't know what she's feeling, but I see her pose and, you know, the pain that she goes through. But when she's at church, you wouldn't even think that she was feeling anything. But she's still very encouraging. You know, I'm like, I better fellowship with Tita. Because I feel encouraged. No, really. you know, No, actually, it starts off like this. I want to go up to Tita and encourage her. But I, I ended up being encouraged. I'm like, urgh, That was supposed to be me. Urgh. Tita, I'll get you next time. I mean, she, she just out-encouraged me. I think if every one of us are titas, we're going to be tisch- tichans. <laughs> sorry, I just said, sorry, B- bad joke, bad joke, yes. Um, but I think whenever we come into a room with Christians, and, you know, not only Christians, but I think generally, we got to start thinking, I should should really start sharing about some good things that happened to me. You know? And maybe even after this, you know, you go, we're going to have a fellowship, right? Think about maybe two or three people that you want to talk to. You know, and then go up to that person. You know? And try to out-encourage that person. I'm telling you guys, you cannot out-encourage Tita. <laughs> you know? But but really, you know, these are, these are well-balanced... Christian life you're concerned about your relationship with God your relationship with uh, the church and, and your relationship with the lost you know I personally I mean lately it's been like dry in my relationship with the lost I haven't been studying the Bible people it's really bad you know for, for me but you know what amen God showed it to me you know and I, I got a I was I was doing this lesson right I was in McDonald's in Mount Eden and I was like, you know, waiting for uh, the, 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 my daughter. I like, God, you gave me this message. Now I need to share my faith. So I, <laughs> at first you gotta, you, you're like, you do it because you're guilty. <laughs> so I shared my faith and, you know. But really, that should really be a daily thing that you ask. You go. How's my relationship with God? How's my relationship with the Christians? How's my relationship with the lost? And if we consider these things, you know, we will become Christians that have a balanced life. You know, for the for um, you know, if you're visiting again. Uh, And you've been attending, but never getting to the point where you want to just have faith and trust God and seek God and the truth. Remember that whatever you hear outside or even here, it may look like the truth. It may sound like the truth and may even smell like a truth, but it may not be the truth unless you take full responsibility of your salvation and seek God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength. And for Christians, God's spirit is still within us. Amen? Amen. He will even be more evident when we remember to grab every opportunity to worship, to preach, and to out-encourage one another. Let's have a great time today. Thank you.